happy is the person who can improve others, not only when present, but even when only in their thoughts. This is the Yoakum Strength Podcast with me, your host, Austin Yoakum, and producer Marcus Sawson, behind the scenes. On this episode of the podcast, we have Bryce McMurray. Bryce runs the Instagram account Medicine Through Movement, which is where we initially got connected. Bryce is a young dark horse Dr. Tommy John prodigy and has some amazing insights into the field and how we can really level up our bodies and our athletes. And today he takes us down the rabbit holes of medicine through movement, what that really means to him and how he used that thought process and approach to completely rehab himself from the surgeries and issues that he was dealing with with his elbow and shoulder. For the baseball coaches and athletes listening out there, you really want to tune into this part. Then he takes us down the rebound, high reps, and isometric movements that you see on his page and how and why we can implement those into our training programs and why he believes Mother Nature never lies and how we're always going to get drawn back to the fundamentals if we don't pay attention to them. This was a beast of a podcast with a coach that I really believe will be lighting up the field for years to come, and I'm really excited to get him on this podcast and get you guys listening to him. Thank you guys for listening. Keep chopping wood. Before we hit the intro music, I wanted to introduce to you guys the Yoakum Strength Insider. The Yoakum Strength Insider is our online training platform that takes all of the ideas that we talk about on this podcast and implements them into a program that is available to you at the touch of your fingers. Our goal with the Yoakum Strength Insider is to create better movers, to level up your life, and to move forward from where you are. We do this in a holistic fashion. Not only will you receive a program that has helped hundreds of people become better movers, You'll also receive access to our app that allows you to track everything, has video links for all exercises, and allows you to be in constant communication with a Yoakum Strength coach. Along with this, you'll get our 30-page PDF nutrition and lifestyle guidelines that includes everything from what to eat, how much of it to eat, why we're eating it, meditation habits, and other lifestyle habits that we implement with our clients to really level up their lives. If you're interested in trying out one of these programs, use podcast 25 in the discount section right before you pay for 25% off your first program. Marcus, you know what time it is. Hit that intro music. Boom. This is the Yoakum Strength Podcast. Take the leap down the rabbit hole with us as we interview elite level guests to unravel what high performance really is. Boom. All right, coach, we're back. We had, we had a little technical difficulty, but welcome to the podcast again. We're ready to roll. Yes, sir. Let's do this. Uh, so I, I was talking about the first time when we were doing this intro that I came across your, your, your medicines or movement uh, Instagram page. And I, it was, I was like, holy shit. Like this, this is exactly what, like I'm talking about. This is exactly what I'm doing. Like how have we not connected before in the, the wild world of all the bad things that happen on social media, like all the, the, the energy drain that it is, all the toxicity that there is like, there is some good things like this connection. I was like, wow, this randomly popped up and the algorithm, the algorithm got me, brought me into there and uh, got to see your page. And I'm really excited to kind of dive into this podcast because everything that I'm seeing you do is like, wow, like th- this is some eye opening stuff. There's some really, really cool stuff that we preach all the time about. And now it's like a different person has arrived at that thought process without us ever connecting, which I think is super cool. But looking at your Instagram page, um, there's not a lot of personal information about yourself. There's not a lot of like who you are as a coach, where you came from, what you're doing. It's just a lot of your training. And I'm interested in who are you as a coach? Who are you? How have you got to where you're at? What are you doing currently? What's your pursuit with the whole medicine through movement approach to training? Yeah. So I like to keep that separate. I kind of have that set up for a reason. I do have a personal account and I did have that 
uh, in my bio and I have a lot of people who are trainees follow that personal account. And then I just kind of wanted to totally isolate it and have this medicines through movement account. Like I don't even have my name in it anymore. Like it, it did have Bryce McMurray medicine through movement. I was like, you know what, let's just straight up medicine through movement. If they want to refer to me or something, they're going to call me that medicine through movement guy. And it actually just happened this past week. So a buddy of mine, uh, who's from San Francisco, California, his name's Sam, shout out to him. He was in Ohio back at the, like the home gym that I train at. And he's been a, a client of mine. I want to say now for two months, two months, ish, three months, ish, and, uh, he was doing some ISO uh, barbell curl holds, kind of or superset with ballistic dowel rod rebounds um, or ballistic curls. Jeez, I can't even speak right now. But anywho, um, a kid came up to him, a high schooler, and was like, "Hey, dude, you're doing the medicine through movement guy training." He was like, "Oh yeah, absolutely. Like that that guy's my guy." And um, then it's like, like, "Oh, that's like I literally that that gym that I go to that's right next to our high school." And they were like, oh, that's Bryce Murray stuff. Oh, it's the medicine through movement guy. And that's, that's kind of where I wanted to all lead to. Um, but anywho, this, this Instagram page didn't start until this past summer when I was actually out in Arizona kind of rehabbing my UCL and labrum and then also training with a bunch of savages, which I'll talk about that later on. But I didn't really want to dive into this uh, medical field or I didn't plan on it until I was a freshman in college and I was going uh, to a community college, Clark State, in the Dayton area for accounting and data analytics. And then after a semester of just strictly accounting and getting my prereqs out of the way, I was like, dude, this, this stuff kind of sucks. Like, it's just so monotonous. But then uh, managed to stick it through for another semester. So I did a full year of accounting and I was like, dude, this stuff just, and at the time I was playing baseball too. And I was like, dude, this stuff's just, I, I was super good at it, but I just was not passionate about it at all. Uh, been lifting out at this point for four or five years. And I, was, and I was passionate about learning about the body, especially the brain and stuff, stuff tended for that, but not, not accounting, not, not crunching math numbers and all that day in and day out. But I was like, you know what? Like, this is going to, it'll give me a good job. This is what I'm going to do. So I go back next semester, I'm doing accounting. And I was just like, you know what? I, and I literally think I'm two or three classes away from getting a, a degree in accounting, but then I just stopped. I was like, I cannot do this. Had a 4.0 in it, but it was just, it was just, it was too much. So then that's when I contacted my academic advisor and I was like, Hey, uh, you know, I want to get into the medical field. I don't know what I want to do. Uh, can I start taking classes geared towards that? And she's like, yeah, absolutely. Like, what do you want to do? So then we start taking the anatomies and whatnot. But then that's when the COVID year hit. So classes, everything go virtual, whatnot. Season gets ended. At the time, uh, I was a pitcher. I was throwing low 90s. Uh, first came out, tore my, tear my labrum. Ended up making another three weeks, three weeks into the season. And then that's when everything washed. And I, I know my last start, I was low eighties and 10 out of 10 pain was taken. I want to say five, 200 uh, milligrams of ibuprofen, uh, one to two bang energy drinks, just doing anything that I could, uh, to mask the pain and throw. Anyways, season gets washed. Can't do physical therapy because of COVID and whatnot. Uh, end up, I think I want to say in June or July, then places are starting to open. So then I actually go to start do physical therapy for my labrum. Now at this time it's been, 
three months of doing completely nothing. Cause I, I didn't know how to. And uh, like TJ says, Tommy John, a quote that he would use is you don't, you don't heal because either one, you don't know how to, or two, you don't want to. And I would say it was a little bit of both at the time. Like I wanted to heal my labrum. I wanted to heal my arm. I wanted to get back to pitching. I wanted to get back to doing what I loved, but I just didn't know how to. And I, I couldn't at the time. So then finally, June or July comes around. Uh, I go into a physical therapist. It's, it's your usual three by 10 this, uh, two by 10 this. Actually, I got to add this in there. My favorite part was when I, when I went in there, I had to ride an exercise bike for the first 10 minutes of PT because that was going to help strengthen my labrum. Anywho, but we'll get down that rabbit, we'll get down that rabbit hole, but, uh, in the whole medicine through movement. So, uh, do my, my PT for about a month, a uh, month and a half. And then I want to say around August or September, then my UCL goes, go and go to the doctors, um, get imaging done. And it's about a, a two to three month process with the whole UCL thing, because I, I go to this place, get an MRI, um, get an ultrasound done. And then, uh, the imaging gets lost. It gets lost in some files. And then they say, Hey, you've never, we don't have an MRI on file for you. You have to come back and get another one. I'm like, what? Like I just came in two weeks ago. So then it's a big, long process, super frustrated during it all. Um, and then I end up getting a placental tissue injection, which did nothing. Uh, I want to throw that out there. PRP, PRP was going to be the first option. Decided to go with placental tissue was offered three different types of injections. One that was $1,800, I believe. The other one was $2,000 and the last one was $2,100. Still to this day, I have no clue what, what separated the three different injections, but, uh, ended up going with like the $2,000 one, got the injection, was told I was going to be in a sling for, uh, I want to say two, no, no, movement for four weeks in a sling for two weeks, uh, or loaded movement for four weeks in a sling for two weeks. So then I was like, all right. So then I get the injections and as soon as I leave, as soon as I walk out the, the hospital, I take the sling off. And because two days prior to that, three days prior to that, I started talking to Tommy John. He's like, dude, don't do the injection. Don't do the surgery. Like, uh, I can help you with this. I'll send you, you get my book. There's some other stuff that we can do. Uh, we can work together remotely, all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. And, but I didn't know much about Tommy John at this at the time. So I was like, you know, whatever, like I'm going to do the injections. I don't even know who this guy is. He's just some dude I met on social media. Got the injection, take the thing off as soon as I leave the hospital. And I just started hammering it with movement. I want to say a couple of days later to the talking to TJ now more, uh, more continuously. And so then start hammering it with movement. And I want to say, three to four weeks later was just back to benching trap bar deadlift and doing everything that I was doing prior to prior to the injections where I was supposed to still be in a sling and like, Oh, maybe we'll load it with five pounds. Physical therapist told me at the time, uh, Hey, we're going to do, you're going to come in here three to four times a week. We're going to do this plan, blah, blah, blah. I gave him my plan and it was something similar to like what me and Cheech, well, basically it was Tommy John's plan, not my plan. Gave that to this guy. He's like, yeah, man, you sound like you know what you're doing. Uh, just come in here once a month then, and so, or once once every three weeks. So I was like, all right, just for a checkup. So then uh, we do that for a little bit, and then I think we did that actually twice. And then he was like, yeah, dude, you're good. You're you're on your own. So I was like, sick. Like, we awesome. 
so basically, um, it all started with me reaching out to the TJ and my first thing that I messaged TJ was, Hey, uh, like love your page. I resonate with a lot of stuff that, that you're saying. And I, I just wanted to know if you have five servant books, what are they? And I was surprised because he messaged me back in like two hours. He's like, Oh, uh, supernat- become supernatural by Dr. Joe Dispenza, the alchemist. Um, I think there was a Bruce Lee book in there. I, I can't remember all of them right now off the top of my head, but gave me five books. And I was like, dude, this is sick. And then I like, told him a little bit about my story. And he's like, yeah, dude, absolutely do not do Tommy John. Uh, do that, do this instead. And I was like, oh, I actually have injections coming up. And so that was like no bueno. But anyways, then, so with the COVID and everything, that kind of ruined my season. And uh, suffering the injury that I had was kind of a blessing in disguise just because at the time, like, with any type of soft tissue injury, right. Or any injury in general, disease, infection, whatever, we have to look at the entire system. So, uh, sleep, nutrition, relationship with ourselves, relationship with others, um, our, our training program, everything has to change. We have to look at everything and evaluate and say, Hey, what sucks? What, what's good and change it. And at the time, like everything sucked, uh, sleep sucked, nutrition sucked, uh, training was inconsistent relationship with others was up and down relationship with myself was down. Like everything was just trash. And a big thing that I've taken from Joe Dispenza was what at the time, um, I mean, hindsight always wins. Right. So after reading Joe Dispenza's book, he, he talks a lot about how no organism can survive under stress and anxiety and all this stuff for a constant or for a long extended period of time. And I was like, dang, dude, like, this was just months and months on end of just sleep routine sucked. Everything just sucked. So I was like, there's no reason why I had this expression of health through pain, this injury of a, of a torn labor. I'm like, my body just finally had enough. It wasn't no, it wasn't because I had a, a shitty warm up routine or anything like that. It was, it was just months of building of just trash, of a trash lifestyle. So then, uh, my labor, my, I ended up, not listening to that. And so the body says, okay, if you're not going to listen to me, if you're not going to, if you're not going to stop what you're doing and change, I'm going to make you stop. And I'm going to give you a more severe injury. I'm going to, I'm going to make you stop what you're doing. So what I do is made me tear my UCL. Why? Because you cannot throw a baseball with uh, basically a complete tear in the UCL. And got to add that too. So the labrum was partially torn. The UCL was basically a complete tear. The doctor told me it's hanging on by a thread your best option is going to be surgery. And then that's when I decided to do the injections on with TJ and whatnot. But uh, reading the books that he sent me, and then I got a hold of another guy that I saw on Instagram, the pitching doc. And shout out to him, Seth Lentz. He's the absolute man. I was messaging him like every day. Uh, like, hey, dude, like love your style of training, a lot of ballistics and rebounds type of stuff. ISO, same thing with like what TJ does. Love your style of training. Can I come out and train with you? I'm, I'm trying to come back from this injury, blah, blah, blah. This is what I was. Uh, this is what I'm at now, throwing wise, and just never could get him to respond. And then one day he did a question and uh, answer post, and someone said, Hey, what are your five favorite books? I was like, Oh, dude, why didn't I ask him that? And he gave his books, and then I split up on that. I was like, Hey, if I read these books, can I come out and train with you? He's like, Absolutely, kid. I love that. And I was like, Dude, let's go. And so, now I have like 15 books in total. Cause I also did that with some other people 
And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to read, like, I'm going to read all these books and I'm just going to try to educate myself on how to, to come back from this injury. And because at the time I was, uh, like I said, I was just coming over from uh, the accounting world and data analytics over to the medical field. Didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. Um, and mm-hmm. after my long process with, with the doctors, uh, with the UCL and the labrum, I was like, dude, doctors suck, dude. Like this whole process sucks. And I knew after reading the stories of Joe Dispenza and, and other stuff, like I knew and talking to TJ, I knew that I could heal this thing on my own with the help of these guys. But like it had to be all in, empty the clip, uh, put everything that I had into this and everything had to change. And so that's what I did. And then I uh, read the books that TJ told me, read the books that uh, Doc told me. And then like May or April came around and I was like, Hey, TJ, uh, do you mind if I come out? I'm in California right now. Uh, I'm in San Diego. Uh, do you mind if I come by the office? He was like, dude, yeah, absolutely. Got the chance to hang out with him for a month. It was absolutely awesome. Went back to Ohio for a few weeks and then I hit up the pitching doc, Seth Lynn. And I was like, Hey doc, like you mind if I come out to AZ now and blah, blah, blah. He's like, yeah, dude, absolutely. And so the, the, reason why I came over to the, the medical field was because of guys like Tommy John, uh, the pick, pitching doc, uh, meeting guys like Trevor Funk, and just uh, seeing guys on social media be able to do crazy things and, and come back from injuries that they either rehab themselves or just through powerful mental imagery and stuff along those lines. And where are we at? So you say you're moving into the the medical field. Where are we currently at with that? What's kind of our, with our, do you know what your goal is with it? Do you want to be a strength coach? Do you want to be in the PT world? Do you want to be a Cairo? Like, do you know where that is? And then where are you currently at with that? Uh, yeah, this is tough. So um, I actually hate school. If I'm being honest, school sucks. I think it's stupid. Uh, the con- Even like growing up, the concept of sitting in a chair for seven, eight hours a day just did not make sense to me. And then, uh, going to college and paying all this money. It's like, it doesn't make sense to me. And even with, this is my, this is my thing. What's the difference if I go and take all these classes and someone teaches me this stuff and then I read 15 books on the same subject, right? Like what's the difference? Oh, at the end of me learning from someone else, you get this piece of paper to validate what you uh, validate, what you learned. And it's like, okay, cool. Like what, what makes the person, what makes the two people different that decide to go along each route? But however, I don't know why, uh, I'm still doing it. I even talked to Tommy John about this, but yeah. So right now, um, I'm, uh, I'm a year away from getting my bachelor's in exercise science with a concentration in sports medicine, and then going on to be a sports medicine doctor. If I decide to stay on this route, but, uh, yeah, I don't know yet. Yeah, I love that. I, I just want a little bit more background information. So trying to take it like, wh- wh- like, where do you see it going, which I think is interesting. That, that, that's really cool. I love the. I need to stop bringing people on. I, I feel like everybody that I bring on has the same attitude towards school. I think it's fucking hilarious. It's like I attract, <laughs> I attract a certain breed to the podcast, which I love. Uh, I, I yeah. want to dive into a lot of the notes that I just took on what you're talking about. One of the things that I love, um, you said you knew you could heal. I, I think that's something that is really, really powerful, especially nowadays with athletes is like, they just don't know their ability to heal. You know, like they, they, I don't think they know their ability to perform. I don't think they know their ability to heal. I don't know what they, if they know what their body's really capable of. So as soon as the first stressor hits, it's like, 
oh, my body broke. I'm done. Oh, 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 I broke it. My body just wasn't meant to do that, you know? And whereas what I really like try to stress with a lot of athletes and where you can really get an eye opener with them is like, show them. It's like, like you talked about, it's like the trash light. Like what was leading up to this injury? You know, like look at all of this crap that you were doing for maybe it was even 20 years just, and your body was just begging you to stop, begging you to stop, begging you to stop. And then it's finally just like, Hey dude, here's our message. Here's what's happening. But it's like, it's so incredible that you lasted 20 years before you got hurt. It's not incredible that you got hurt. It's not new that you got hurt. It's not a big eye open. It's like, it's incredible that you lasted 20 years, but that, that eye opener period of, you know, you can heal, you know, like opening your athlete's eyes to that, opening people's eyes to how incredible the body really is. I think something like, I would love to hear you talk about like how you kind of approach that yourself, but how you, and I know you said it was in the books, but with your athletes, like, is there something that you're doing in training where it's a really be like, okay, this is like, look at this, like, look how incredible that is. Look how incredible this body is. Cause once you get an athlete addicted to that, once you get an athlete understanding that really like a lot of what you program it, 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 it changes directions for them. They start to really understand what we're trying to do. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I'm going to start off with, I just think we don't give enough credit to, uh, well, first I'm going to ask, are you a big uh, superhero guy? Like you into superhero movies? Oh, I love Marvel. Yeah. Big Marvel guy. Yeah. And I like superhero movies so much because I, I think it, it gives a glimpse of like, I know a lot of stuff is far-fetched and whatnot. Like, uh, yeah, maybe we can't fly and do all this, shoot laser beams from ourselves or whatever, but it's the human's capable more than what we think, right? And so why I'm saying that is because, like, think of the first guy to run the four-minute mile, Roger Bannister, I want to say his name is. Like, everyone said that's impossible. There's no way you can do it. Then he was like, nah, man, like, I'm going to go and do that. And I think that's with everything in life. There's, we put these limitations on ourselves or limitations on others and, it's like, oh, they can't do this. They can't do that. And it's like, you got to just be that person. It's like, watch me, like, watch me do this. And you don't need anyone else to, to believe in that or believe in that you're going to heal other than yourself. Like, that's the biggest thing. And that was the biggest thing that I took away from my process and talking to guys like TJ and uh, the pitching doc. It's like, I don't, I don't need anyone else to believe in me or do passive therapy and all this other bull crap. It's like, dude, you, you need to believe that you can heal and then you need to put in the physical work to reinforce that idea, to reinforce that belief. And over time, after thousands and thousands of reps, thousands and thousands of mental imagery reps, like you will be healed. Like you will be a greater version of yourself than what you were before you got hurt. And I mean, that's what it's all about. Right. And my, my injury, the torn UCL, torn labrum at the time, I was like, dude, my life's over, super depressed. I was like, this sucks. Never going to be able to throw baseball again. Never going to be able to throw anything again. I remember I, I tried picking up a tennis ball to, to throw it to my sister's dog and 10 out of 10 pain. Like I threw it five miles per hour and it was 10 out of 10 pain shooting down my arm. My arm went completely numb. I was like, dude, this, this absolutely sucks. But at the time, like I said, super depressed, thought my life was over. But now like looking back, it was, it was the best thing ever because it allowed me to, to connect with EJ, the, the pitching doc, read all these books, learn how to heal, learn how to help others heal and overcome these traumatic events so that now that we're just harder to kill, right? Like that's what training's all about to become a, to become harder to kill or that's physically someone coming up and trying to stab you with a knife or something or fighting off a disease, infection, uh, trauma, whatever the case may be. 
Yeah, I fucking love that, dude. And one one of the things that you you, you had you had that like belief factor because that's something that I emphasize over and over. It's like all these coaches ask me like, "What are my KPIs? Like, what are you looking to do with somebody when you train them?" It's like get that belief factor up. You know, like they're always looking for a physical, like, oh, I'm looking for linear acceleration. I'm looking for max velocity. I'm looking for a shuffle time. Yep. You know, it's like, it's like ground, ground, re- like ground force reactions. It's like, okay. Like the physical side. Yes. Like I understand. I'm not trying to throw that all out, but it's like, my, well, like one thing I've really been thinking of is like, how can you create, create like the non-player characters, the NPCs of the world, the people that are walking into your gym and they really haven't won anything in their life. They really haven't had a belief source. They really haven't had that fire walked in. And you can tell when they walk into your gym, you know, like they're just kind of like walking around head down, shoulders slumped, like just looking at the ground and they're not confident. They're not talking. They're not saying what they're supposed, like what they actually truly believe. They might not even know what they actually truly believe. And they're walking in like that. It's like, how can you create that, make that person a main character in their life? Like, how can you light that fire in them? How can you get them sparked up? And once you do that, once you get that belief factor in them of like, oh shit, like I don't need anybody like, oh shit, this is what I believe in. Oh shit. Like my fire is going. Once you get that rolling in them, all the physical stuff takes care of itself. Cause they, they, they start to think they're the main character. They start to think they're a superhero and superheroes aren't lazy. You know, like once you start to think you're a superhero, like training is easy because you go up and it's what you're expected to do. Life starts to become easy because it's like, okay, like I, my job is to carry the weight of the world. You know, like that's kind of the approach It's like, that's my KPI. Like create these superheroes, create that thought process of being a superhero, create that thought process of being a super like person in your life, rather than what, like most people, it's like that athlete has no self-confidence. That athlete has no self-belief. They don't even know what's happening. And you're just preaching to them, get stronger. And it's like, like we're missing, we're missing pieces here. And we're not even talking to our athletes about these pieces. Yeah. And like, it's, it's a cheesy quote, but it's like the body will only achieve what the brain perceives. It's like, that's, that's so true though. If you tell yourself you suck or that you're never going to be able to throw 90 or, or hold a five minute deep push up ISO, like you're, you're not going to be able to do it like just flat out. But it's that, like we talked a little bit before the podcast started, it's, it's the environment, right? You're surrounded by a bunch of dudes who throw 95 plus or bench press 315. Like you're bound to be the next guy. Why? Because you, you want to, you want to adapt to your environment. You want to become like those other guys. It's, I mean, it's, it's in our DNA, not like to do that. And so we see other people doing we're like, Hey, you know what? Like it is possible. And then those people doing it are telling us, yeah, yeah you can do this. Just do X, Y, and Z. Right. And then it's like, okay, then there's that spark. Okay. That's that spark that we needed. So, okay. Maybe I can do this. And then, it, but yeah, like you said, it's, it's the, the mental side of things is, is so, underlooked and it's it's huge it's the biggest thing I, personally i think it's the biggest thing when it comes to sports performance or coming back from an injury and um i've uh dived into the book of super training by uh, mel sif and like one of the things coming back from an injury is is the fear of pain or pain or like psychological factors of uh an injury or fear of an injury and if you're fearful of an injury during your while pitching on the mound, like during a game, like dude, you're screwed. You've already lost. Or in your training, you're you're fearful of tearing something or doing this or being in an extreme range of motion. It's like, dude, you're already lost. You're already defeated. Yeah, and if you want to go to like the science route, there thinking about like how the how the brain, like how the brain changes your biomechanical responses and things, and you start to think 
okay, like I'm going to protect myself because I think I'm injured. Or even if you're not thinking you're going to protect yourself, but you think that you're anticipating the pain and then you go into the route of how does that change your mechanics? And then it's like the self-fulfilling prophecy of you actually are going to get hurt because you are changing what you're supposed to do because you are anticipating pain, you know? So it's like, it, cause like what I try to do is like combine that woo-woo world of like the Joe Dispenza, like, cause I like, I, yeah. I probably live too much here, uh, trying to draw it into the physical <laughs> world. But like, if you look at the set, you look at how the brain can change, like, the actions of the body and you, you see that self-fulfilling prophecy of you think you're injured, you, you think you have that pain, you actually do feel that pain, and then it's going to start to change how you throw. And then that change in throwing is going to lead to an injury itself, you know? So like you, you, you're, you yourself are creating that cycle of pain and injury. Yeah, 100%, dude, 100%. And one of, one of the things that you talked about, you, you, you mentioned that uh, like you, you can only do what you perceive and you can only do what kind of the environment around you is. And you, you talked about even the personal story of like your old PR was a 30 second single arm hang. And then you hung out with Dr. TJ and you hit like a minute 14. Yeah. And that's what I'm talking about. Like the environment is so huge. And that's why. So when I was starting to rehab uh, for my UCL and my labrum, I was thrown outside on, on our high school football field with a bucket of baseballs into a net. Dude, there'd be two inches of snow on the ground and I'm like this sucks and like I'd just be kind of going through the motions like oh I got to do this I just got to check the box right and I there's no intent or really focus going into that because it was like okay I just, just got to check the box I got to do this okay I, I did that now I need to go to the gym I need to do this check the box there okay I go home meditate check the box there like I was just going through checking the boxes and then once I kind of got in touch with these guys, like, yeah, you can come out and see us in person and train with us. I was like, dude, like you got, you got to level up, like the focus increased, the intent increased. And then once I was actually there and, and surrounded, uh, like in TJ's office, there was a, a guy who's 70 years old and just absolutely was just like, I didn't do the stuff with him, but he was just absolutely crushing me on, on everything. He would go and hang from the pull bar and, uh, two hands. It would be like, I think near three minutes and I'm like, dude, holy crap. Like back in Ohio, I couldn't do more than a minute 30. Like I was just like comparing myself. And then finally, like I started as uh, I got more comfortable there. I, I started jumping in and doing exercises and everything. And like I said, I couldn't do more than 30, 34 seconds. And then I get there and on a fat grip too, I got a minute 14 and got the record. And then Alex Lee showed up and, and, uh, had to take that from me. Appreciated it. But, uh, yeah, like the environment is so huge. And then that was another reason why I wanted to go to Arizona right after that. Um, because when rehabbing from an injury we, or sport performance in general, like we got to start at the bottom of the pyramid, right? And then work our way up where nowadays with a lot of coaches, a lot of physical therapists um, and just coaches in general, I, I see people were working our way from the top of the pyramid down, right? We're starting with something that's sports specific like throwing a baseball and then working our way down to something like crawling or walking or hanging or doing handstands. And so my big thing was, okay, I, I need to start at the bottom of the pyramid, right? I need to, I need to get good at crawling. I need to get good at doing these functional type stuff, whatever. And then, then we're going to start loading that stuff. We're going to add an external load, like a barbell or, or weight to it. And then after that, okay, we're going to start going into sports specific, like throwing a baseball. And once I built that, that good base and foundation, and then after going and seeing TJ in person and, and solidifying that, I was like, you know what, like 
I gotta go be around the best of the best. I gotta see this guy in Arizona. And there, I mean, there was a bunch of savages that were out there at the time too. Uh, Cal Cox is one of them. And the environment was huge because it literally, it leveled me up because I was like, I can't, I can't be this slow. I know that I'm coming back from an injury, but I can't be the guy here in the backyard throwing the slowest or, or being the weakest. Like I gotta, I gotta set my game up. Where are we at with uh, with your personal rehab right now? Are are you still uh, still playing ball? Like, what, what what's the uh, what's it feel like right now, and how are we throwing? Oh, dude, hundred hundred and ten percent. Like feeling wise, physically, hundred and ten percent. Mentally, hundred and ten percent. There was a time for a while where, uh, like, physically I was there, but then and mentally I thought I was there. I thought I was there too, but then I'd put a camera on me and like record myself throwing. And it's like, oh, dude, like you, it just looks like you're holding something back. And I think it's, that's a, a thing that we miss is psychological factors when coming back from a traumatic injury, especially like tearing an ACL, a UCL, an MCL, a labrum, rotator cuff, whatever. It's like, we totally miss that psychological factors and the mental factors. And I think, uh, that's why we see people with, with ACL tears, like they get released at 80% effort and then or 80% healed. And then a couple months later, a year later, they tear the same ACL. And it's like they experience another traumatic injury. It's because they never fully healed. And so, uh, I think that was my biggest problem was physically I was there, but then mentally I wasn't there. So I, I would always try to push myself. My body wanted to go, but my brain was like, Hey, let's, let's slow down. We're not quite there yet. So yeah. Right now, 110% feeling good. Um, the goal is try to find a team for this summer slash upcoming fall in the spring. And uh, yeah, just go from there. I got two years left of college eligibility, but uh, hopefully I can just go along the route such as Ben Baggett, you know, and just get picked up by a team. If I just keep yeah. on improving <laughs> like that, dude, his, his story is so sick. And uh, I've been in contact with him a, a few times and he's actually given me a couple of tips about my page, uh, my videos and whatnot. But uh, yeah, dude, his story is so sick. And ideally, if and so uh, talking to TJ, he was like, dude, you, if you're going to school only to play college baseball, like, dude, go play indie ball or something, you know? And I was like, yeah, like that, that's true, but just not quite ready to give that up yet. Um, but yeah, just just if I can do something like Ben's doing, that'd be sick. Yeah, dude, th- th- like you said, that Ben story is wild. I saw that happen. I was like, holy crap, man. Like, because he, he was talking about even his journey on the podcast. I was like, holy shit, like that journey is wild. And it's like to make it after that, you know, like to make, to take that next step after like already surviving everything that he survived. That was so wild. Like that, that dude is a dude. Um, I want to talk to you about like, what does, you, we talk about this leveling up process. We, we look at your page, we see all the rebounds, we see all the ISOs, we see all the, the, the bottom foundational movements that you talk about. Um, some of the bottom body weight stuff, some of the hangs, you like, you look like a monkey in some of the videos. What does, <laughs> what does a day of training and a week of training kind of look like for you? Cause it is, again, I want to kind of draw it into for somebody that is a CSCS background, somebody that is new to this world of, um, of training of just like, how do you tie all that together? Like what's actually happening? What's going through your brain when, when you're working on a program, when you're building out a program, what's it look like when you're going into training? Like, what are you looking to hit? How are you looking to program that out? What's it look like daily? What's it look like weekly? Like what's kind of your approach? Yeah. Um, so a lot of things that on my page is it, like, I, I'll get people to message me and they're like, Hey, I, I just tried doing that deadlift <laughs> literally last week. 
um, someone messaged me and was like, Hey, I just tried doing that deadlift that you're doing. And I think I pulled something in my lower back and I'm like, Oh dude, like I gotta start putting warnings or something on my videos. Like I, I didn't just start by, okay, let me grab the hundred pound dumbbells and do an RDL on uh, the six inch box. Like, no, I didn't start there. Like I started just doing RDLs or a barbell and then, and then I, start doing this extreme stuff. And I think that's a lot of things that people miss is building that solid foundation. So right now with a lot of my uh, remote clients, I won't even let them throw a baseball. So a big thing I do is a movement screening slash test, um, which a lot of people's movement screens are complete eyewash, but uh, something that I learned from TJ, I'll have them hang, uh, do handstand. I kind of modified it a little bit into my own. But hanging, uh, supported handstands, uh, see how long you can hold your body weight with a barbell, um, like single legs holds, uh, a plank hold, just different types of variations of holdings of ISOs and then uh, actual movement stuff with like the spine. And if they can't, like if they completely fail everything, like it's just awful. Like I want them to ideally to hang for a minute 30 if they're hanging for 40 seconds and they can't do a supported handstand for at least a minute and, and try to hit these metrics. If they're just way off. I'm like, dude, you're don't even throw a baseball right now. Like you're not, you're not allowed to. And I've had only a few guys that that's been the case for. And they're like, why? Like I, I can bench press uh two twenty five, And I'm like, dude, like no one, no one cares about your bench press, bro. Like you, you're weak, you're, you're weak. And, any type of soft tissue injury, right? It's the inability of the body to absorb force. And what you just showed me through these movement screens and these strength tests, so to speak, is that you're weak. And that if I say you can go and throw a baseball, it's just a matter of time before something goes, whether it's the labrum, rotator cuff, UCL, whatever, like something is going to go. But so let's say they pass everything. Um, let's just do a, uh, uh, an upper body day. Let's do a chest day. So what I like to do is let's hold something super heavy. Um, whether, so usually it's like chest and shoulders or uh, chest and arms, something, uh, arms for moms. Right. And so, uh, I'll, I'll start them off with holding something super heavy. Let's, so for example, we might do uh, a four five bench hold for over a minute. Okay. Then I want to contrast that with moving as fast as we possibly can with a, a dowel rod, um, maybe a barbell if they're at that point, uh, either doing banded ballistic push-ups. I want to, I want to superset that with something just moving as fast as we possibly can. And now some days we'll do like a benching, uh, heavyweight as fast as we possibly can, but it just depends on the person, depends on the plan and what our goals are and where they're currently at. But, uh, so let's hold something super heavy. Uh, let's move super fast. And then kind of, I kind of use like what Angus Bradley said, let's do the upper half of the body, like a bodybuilder and then the lower half, like an athlete. Right. So then it's just a bunch of accessory work and then, uh, yeah, just trying to make them into a machine basically. With, with that accessory work, can you, can you dive into that? Uh, just cause like, I, I know it's, uh, like you and I talking, like we look and we see some of this stuff, but like, we're seeing some of the rebound movements. We're seeing like some high rep movements. We're seeing some hangs before yeah. like a lot of the strength conditioning world, like that, a lot of that stuff is like new. So I'm always interested in like, what, what do those accessory looks like, look like, what are you trying to hit? Is it just typical meathead? Like, and some of maybe some of it is like meathead curls and tricep pushdowns type stuff just to build that elbow, like 
uh, armor or is it like, are we like, is there special stuff that you're looking to hit in the accessories? Are we looking to hit some of those high rep movements? Like what are we really looking to attack in the accessory part, the building, the armor part? Yeah, hundred percent. So sometimes it is just that meathead stuff. It's like, dude, go and do your, uh, four by 10 curls or something. I don't know. But, uh, usually, so if I have a guy, um, that's struggling at a certain portion of the lift, that's what the accessory work is geared towards. But, me personally, and I take this from Brady, uh, Dak performance. It's like, let's do something until we're disinterested or till it feels good. And so for a lot of times for my clients, I'll be like, okay, Hey, let's do, uh, a deep push up hold elevated until, until disinterested. So if you want to, or until it feels good. So you're down there holding that for a total of five minutes, like, and you feel good, like, great, then let's move on. If you want to do 10 minutes, like, bro, go ahead and do 10 minutes. And, and I personally love that because it it gives them that freedom. And then some people are like, Oh, that's overkill. Like you're gonna, you're gonna tire them out. And like, I I don't believe in that because you can't overdo something, right. Unless you underdo something. Right. And so with that, I always, I'm making sure that there's good communication between me and my clients. And it's like, Hey, how do you feel? How's the body constantly feeling? How are you feeling mentally? Cause I think that's the biggest thing is how we feel mentally. And then, okay, let's assess the physical part. But, uh, yeah. So if we bench heavy and then we're do some ballistic bench press with the dowel rod and maybe the barbell, uh, let's go and do a deep push up hold for a total of three minutes. And so by that, I mean, a total of three minutes, you can do it all in one set, three minutes. You can do, 30 seconds, 30 seconds, 30 seconds, whatever, until you get three minutes. I don't care. Whatever you do, just get to three minutes, right? And then we might go into um, single arm ballistic push ups with a weighted vest and a total of 30 reps each side. Once again, uh, if I don't have a specific, let's do three by 10 or two by 15, whatever, I don't care how you get to 30 reps, just get to 30 reps. But with the, the total amount, the intent has to be there. So if I'm telling you to let's do a deep push-up hold for three minutes total, I don't have three by one minute or whatever. If at a minute 30, the mental starts, the intention and the focus behind it starts to go, then stop. Like, I don't care if you physically feel good, but you have to be engaged or there's going to be no type of adaptation. Right. And I know Ben talked a little bit about that too. It's like, we're on our phone constantly in between sets or during ISOs. And it's like, you totally miss, yeah, the physical maturation, that part you might still, you're still going to get right. But not to the extent of where you're totally hundred percent locked in into that movement or into that lift. And so something I, that I've been doing recently is I'll juggle in between my sets or hit a golf ball on a hammer with staying alphabet backwards, just, just something to where I'm engaged and I'm not going to go look at my phone for 30 seconds or a minute because a lot of times we'll be like, okay, let's, I'm going to look at my phone for 45 seconds in between my set. And then we're scrolling on Instagram or something. And it's five minutes later. And it's like, shit, dude, like I only wanted to take a minute break or a 45 second break. So, uh, I haven't really started. I haven't involved that yet in my client's work. I've been just kind of experimenting that on myself. Um, like I said, juggling and, uh, doing different types of tasks in between sets. And I've been loving it personally, but, uh, yeah, just something to play around with. Yeah, that's, I mean, we do that all the time at our gym. It's something, one thing that I really like doing is uh, we, ha- I, we have this like uh, bucket of balls 
in the gym that is kind of set in the middle. Um, and that's exactly like I put it there for an exact reason of, cause it's funny. Cause most coaches would go fucking insane with what they see. Cause I'll have an athlete hit a set and we don't say shit. I just have the balls there. And it's just always, yeah. they always just grab it. They're juggling, they're throwing, they're playing catch with each other, you know, but like that constant, yeah. like, constant like intention of being there like and just adding that playful aspect just to give them a little reset but it's like it, it's funny because you you would look like most coaches would go insane looking at like kind of the disorder aspect and be, but to me it's like that's exactly what i want that is exactly what i yeah. want them doing just being involved being engaged here having a little bit of fun while it's like crazy you can have fun while you train and like get a shitload of work done. That's a funny thing is like, I just love continuing to bring up, like all we do is play around, like in a quotation, it's like that dude just hit a 10 minute push up ISO, but you see him juggling and you're mad that he hit a, like he's juggling, like he's wasting, like I, I, you know, people DM you. It's like, Oh, he's wasting his time juggling when he could be training. I'm like, well, did you look at the rest of the training program where he just hit 10 minutes of push up ISO straight? Like, you know, like, yeah. are you doing that? Are you hitting that? Like, are you, you know, like, so it's like, it's, it's fun. It's funny to me, like in that aspect, but it's like, keep them engaged, keep it fun. And, give them those like pieces of stimulus. Like it doesn't have to be so robotic, like nothing, nothing we do in sports is robotic yet. Everything we do in the weight room, like we want it to be clean. We want it to be pretty. We want it to be robotic. It's like, why? Like why? Cause it's easy for you as a coach to manage. Like that's if you, if you really take a step back, that's exactly what it is. It's easy for you as a coach to manage. It's easy for you to have the system. It's easy for you to take the step back and be able to look at everything. And sure. Like if you want to go safety, sure. Like, yes, that that's part of it. It's not like we're throwing balls at people when they're like max effort squatting, but it's like, they're like that's the reason you're doing that. Just admit that's the reason you're doing it. It's not for the athletes, it's for you as a coach to be able to take that step back and be like, oh, like my session's so pretty. It's like the athletes don't give a shit. The athletes want to athlete. The athletes want to play around. They want to get their work done. They want to they want to have intent. They want to have fun while they're there. They want to build that community while they're there. You know, like it has nothing to do with you as a coach. Yeah, we're the whole. Oh, we got to keep the spine neutral as possible and everything. And oh, it just like drives me crazy. And it's like, oh, we can't train a or I'll get messaged constantly uh, anytime I post a video. And I've noticed too, when I do the pogos with the medicine ball throws up against the plyo wall, uh, those videos pop off more than any of my other videos. And I'll get message messages from people just all over the country. And then just a, a shitload of them saying, Oh, it's so dangerous. Can't wait for you to tear UCL and like all the stuff like, uh, hope you have money to afford Tommy John and all this stuff. And it's like, dude, like I, I'm building a machine. Like I'm building my body to be as resilient as possible. And if I can throw this eight pound, this 12 pound medicine ball up against this wall and just keep doing these ballistics with it, like, I think I'm going to be fine. Then when I, when I pick up a baseball, then that's five ounces and throw it where it's like, people I'll get messages. Oh, we can't long toss a uh, weighted ball. It's like, they're dangerous for you. Like, what is a football? Like, uh, we can only throw a five ounce baseball for a distance, but it's like, what is a football? Like, what are these quarterbacks throwing? Like, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure. And I could be wrong. I think it's like 14 or 15 ounces. Right. And it's like, if we did that with the baseball, it's like, oh my gosh, it's like, we just killed someone. It's like, oh, these, these football players are able to throw it 60 plus yards, 70 yards. And we don't care anything about them tearing their UCL or, something with the labrum or rotator cuff. Yeah. More towards the labrum and rotator cuff, but not so much the UCL. It's like, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I don't get why we're so, uh, our, our minds are so limited on what we can do and what we can't do. And that takes us all the way back to the beginning of, of the belief factor. And just, we need to have an open mind to everything, to healing, to, to training. And 
something that I learned from, I mean, I've learned a bunch from TJ, even I keep saying something, but uh, TJ told me, I, or I showed TJ a video, I'd be like, hey, Tommy, uh, what's this do? And he'd be like, I don't know, dude, go do it. And I'm like, uh, okay. And that's literally the best answer you can give someone. It's, hey, uh, why are you why are you doing red light? Why are you uh, doing that for five plus minutes? It's like, you go do it. You go do it. Let me know how it feels mentally, physically, emotionally, whatever. Like, you go do it, and then you come back and tell me how it feels, and then we'll talk. But like, I hate how people just want the the quick route. And I mean, that's another rabbit hole, but yeah. Well, that's, uh, so, uh, I got, I, I got two parts. I want to branch off here, maybe three. The first, the, the, the ironic or the, the part there that you mentioned, is like, you go do it, uh, like on reels, like reels, when they go viral, it just gets pushed to the fucking masses that just have no idea what they're oh, talking yeah. about. And then they'll say some dumb shit, like a five minute push up. He's like, Oh, he's just chilling at the bottom. So like one of the things I've yeah. been doing is, uh, I'd be like, I'll offer you an entire like a year free of training. If you go and post a video of you doing that, like right now I comment back every single time, like I will give you a free year of training. If you post yourself doing it never once like, do you never get a reply? Cause it's like, you, you, they're not actually doing it. Like they have no idea what they're saying that they're, they're like, they're not approaching it in that way. And it's just like, go do it. Like, stop looking at the video. Like, look at the videos for inspiration. Do that. But like, stop feeling like you know what the fuck's happening unless you are actually trying it. That doesn't mean it's right. That does not mean like you need to go try it and be like, oh, yeah, like this is right. That's not that's not what should happen. If you're actually going to go do it, you should go try it and be like, okay, that sucked. This is good. Then you go forward. That's when you know you're truly learning. It's not the... I saw it on a video. I tried it and then it's good. It's not like that linear route. It's I saw it on a video. Okay. Like this sucks. Like I, maybe I was right in the first place or tried on a video. I thought it sucked and it was actually good or I see a benefit here, but that you said like, it, it's such a, is there so many late, like it's such a lazy thought process to just like, Oh, that's not a barbell bench press. I'm not going to like, I'm not, it, it doesn't make any sense. Why are you doing it? You're going to hurt your athletes. Like that's such bullshit. The other part, like ironically, like that you want, I want to talk to you about is they said, I can't wait for you to tear your UCL. I can't like, you're, it's just a UCL injury to wait to happen. It's like, okay, you followed the traditional route and tore your UCL, you know, like I followed the <laughs> traditional route. Like right now, like I do sidebands. I do like a bunch of back variations, like a bunch of rolls, a bunch of falls. And people are like, I can't wait for you to hurt your back. Like, it was like, I followed the traditional route. I followed the like McGill. I followed the CSCS. I followed the three by 10 mm -hmm. and I ended up with a herniated disc. Like I ended up not being able to move at the age of 16. I ended up like not being able to feel my leg at the age of 16. Then I had knee issues. Then I had shoulder issues. Then I had elbow issues. Like I followed the traditional route and I got the thing that you said you can't wait. And now I'm branching out and I don't have those issues. You know, like it's so ironic that like <laughs> you follow the traditional route and get hurt and yeah. nobody says anything, but like you do any, you branch out at all. And they're like, I can't wait for you to get hurt. It's like, what, like, look at the traditional route right now. Like it's not working. Like it, it not saying everything that we're doing outside a traditional route is working or is the answer, but we know we don't have the answer. That's the part that frustrates me. We know we do not have the answer. We know it is not this clean, clean, linear progression that we talk about, but yet we continue to preach it. We continue to say, that's a stupid exercise. Why are you doing those overhead rebounds? You're going to hurt yourself. It's like, well, yeah. dude, I've been doing the barbell bench press. I've been doing the, the band pull parts or whatever the fuck, like the YWT, like I've been doing that stuff and look where it led me. Now I'm like, now I'm going to figure it out myself. Well, you know what a NARP stands for? A NARP? -A no. A non-athletic regular person. <laughs> okay. And that, that that's what the traditional route is for. It's for someone who wants to just wake up, go to work and, you know, do their nine to five and be comfortable with, with life. They don't ever want to step outside the uncomfortable or be challenged in any type of way. I think that's what the traditional route is for. 
And, and for those people, I feel sorry for it. Cause it's like, it's such a, a miserable way to live. And the same thing, like I did the traditional, I did my three by 10, I did my three by 12 or my four by eight. And what did that lead me to? That led me to a, a torn labrum. And then I decided not to listen to that and keep pounding these energy drinks and ibuprofen and a bunch of NSAIDs and pharmaceuticals. And then that led me to a torn UCL. And I was like, Oh, you know what? Maybe I should listen to my body now. Maybe I should, uh, cause you have to feel in order to heal. Maybe I should actually feel what my body's and and listen to what it's saying so that now I can heal. And Oh, Hey, this dude's able to do some crazy stuff. Like, dude, I, I love and hate social media for a, a couple of things, but the, one of the biggest things why or reasons why I love it is because you're able to, to connect with so many great people and see what they're doing. Um, for example, like a bunch of people that I follow, Tommy John, uh, your page now, it's absolutely gas. Like I try some of the exercises I see you doing. I'm like, dude, this is, and I need to get more credit, but it, it's awesome. So like Tommy John, your page, uh, Trevor's page, Trevor Funk, Dak Performance, Fowler Fitness, Ben Baggett, Ian Walsh, uh, the pitching doc. Like there's so many social media is great because there's so many pages and uh stuff that you can get ideas from. And and if you look at all those people's pages and they're excelling at what they're doing, right? They're like the best at what they're doing. And they're not doing the traditional stuff. They're doing these this crazy and wild stuff that is that taxes the body that's putting the body in different positions and putting different stressors on it and they're adapting they're becoming these machines dude they're they're becoming harder to kill and then people are like oh well i'm doing my like you said i'm doing my three by tens and i'm not able to uh do what they're they're doing i don't get it and it's like well yeah you're never going to get it because you don't open your mind you don't you don't try the new stuff you don't reach out but yeah uh totally agree with you yeah dude that's a that's a fucking baller that's a baller rant you just that that was sick <laughs> all right all right last question before i get to rapid fire rounds with you uh i want to dive into this uh this whole um video creation with you you you, you love the eminem songs uh i fucking love oh, the way that you build it out i'm interested in uh what what's what's the obsession with eminem, eminem? what's the like uh what's kind of your approach to that video creation because there's an art to your videos like i fucking love that piece like it's it's not just training there's like it's a little bit of a music video. Like there's a little bit of art into that. Like what, what's your thought process and approach to that? Is it just something you enjoy? Like, how are you going about that social media creation? Cause it's something that I kind of geek out about as well. Like sharing your art, like doesn't really matter what, what you do. Like you can create art out of it. I think you do an awesome job of that. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that a lot. And, uh, I don't know. I mean, I've always, <laughs> I've always sucked with, uh, technology and to be honest, if I, if I didn't have my medicine through movement account, I probably wouldn't have any social media just because like, I would love just to go off the grid and like just do my own thing. And, um, but since I have it and it, it makes me money, then I, I like it of course. Right. <laughs> yeah. But with it, uh, so I'm gonna start J Cole, Eminem, uh, little Wayne, Mac Miller. Those are my go-tos. Right. But Eminem's the goat. I think Eminem, J Cole, they're the goat. And with the videos, I use a lot of the Joker clips too, because I'm absolutely, I'm obsessed with the Joker, uh, the dark, just, uh, for movies wise, the dark Knight, the dark Knight rises, Batman begins like greatest trilogy ever. <laughs> Don't care what you say. Um, but yeah, I love the Joker. And then, uh, I always throw a lot of those clips in and, but yeah, I use a shit ton of Eminem songs because I love him and, I don't know. It's just, I try to pick a song and try to match a, a movie clip with it. But, 
lately I haven't been doing that, but yeah, I don't know. I just, it's like telling a story. Like, uh, the one I had Lavico and Aldi, uh, the violin love classical music too. I've got to throw that out there. But, uh, threw that in there with like my, uh, kind of my background story. That was probably the most personal thing I posted. It was like my rehab from, uh, my torn UCL and labrum and my progression of one knee throws. And then at the end I did the Joker dancing on the cop car. Uh, cause it's like the epiphany moment. Um, but I don't know. Uh, don't really have like a reason or rhyme or reason why I do it. I just do it cause I like it. And, uh, I did have a couple of like Instagram dads and moms message me and they're like, Hey, can you uh, please not use songs that have profanity in it or with those uh, movie clips in them because they're violent and uh, my kids won't be able to watch it then. And then I'll just reply like, Hey, thanks for your, uh, your, your comment and support, but politely fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, excuse me, like, who do you think you are? And it's like, okay, just get blocked. Like, I don't care. I'm not going to entertain this. But yeah, I, I literally, I, I just post whatever comes to my mind that day, uh, for movie clip wise, like I just plug it in there. Um, like, uh, lately I've, I've been thinking of, are you uh, a Game of Thrones fan? I have not dug into it yet, which is uh, very unfortunate. Dude, you, I know. Yeah. You got to check that out. But, uh, like there's a Jon Snow clip in there. I'm like, oh dude, I'm going to, I'm going to throw that in there. I don't know. But yeah, just, just. I just do what I want. I just post what I want. And I, and I don't care. I don't care if it offends someone. If, if you don't like it, don't unfollow. Don't watch it. Block me. I don't care. Like, I'm going to keep putting out the content I like, the content I want. And yeah, that's, that's just me. Unapologetic, raw, 100% human, mistake making you. That's what I'm about. Yeah, dude. I fucking love that, man. I, I, and I just love the, the, the art aspect and like what you're doing. Cause like you said, like, I, like I like without you posting your personal story, like I, I got a view into I knew exactly what this conversation was going to be like based off of that, like based <laughs> off the videos and how you're creating what you're doing, like the story that you're trying to tell through there. Whereas like you see it so much like this is one of my biggest pet peeves with our field. It's like people just post stuff like quotes of other people, you know, like they're, they're saying other people's words, they're, they're doing other people's stuff. Like it's not them. You, you can read their post and yeah. be like, that is not, that is not them. They, they, there's, they did not cognitively think about that. They copy and pasted something in their brain that they have heard or they've read and then just posted that, you know, like the emojis, everything. It's like, because they know somebody else higher up on this little ape ladder that they have will repost it if they <laughs> post in the same exact way. It's like the same mini me's over and over and over and over again. And it's like, man, add some fucking personality, like say what you want to say. Stop. Like you said, stop apologizing. Stop bowing to like the parents that are saying it's like, if you are saying that, if you are thinking that I don't want to work with you like that, that's the truth. Like, I don't, yeah. it's not going to work. You're not, you're not at the level that we want you at. You're, you're, you're disconnected in that regard. So it's, it's just really, it's really cool. I, I, I geek out about that stuff when I see it on people's page of like that person's actually themselves. And uh, I don't know. I appreciate that. Yeah. And like, I, I mean, I get a lot of my stuff from other people on, on social media and Instagram. Why? Because one, I resonate with it Two, I think it's awesome and badass. So it's like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to try that too. I'm going to try the exercise or I'm going to do something along that they're doing because they inspire me. They give me motivation. Like I, I want to do something cool like that. And like I said, I'd already named like my top like Instagram people. Um, but yeah, like all those people I mentioned and even throwing you now in there, like I see your guys' page and I'm like, dude, like I, I want mine to look like that. Or I, I want to get that attraction that they're getting. So it's like, yeah, you're going to adopt their ideas and principles. And it's like, maybe get, maybe give them a little credit here and there, you know? And, uh, yeah, I, I try to keep everything on my page as 
as not personal as possible. Cause like I said, with the whole, once I got into the Joe Dispenza and reading the books and all that, like I really wanted to, to kill as much of my ego as possible. And like, I posted a, a, a clip about it with Giannis talking about it in the finals this past year. It's like, I don't care what I did in the past. And um, you just completely forget it almost. And it's like, I'm going to be in the present now as, as much as possible, keep my head where my feet are. And another, like a great book, the power of now by Eckhart Tolle. Like that was a great book uh, that helped reinforce that belief system that I had and the idea that I had. And it's, I literally, it's hundred percent present. Now I, I don't care what I did in the past. What I did in the past doesn't matter. Like athletics wise, what I used to throw, what I used to bench like, and so, and uh, I, I didn't necessarily like it either. Like what I was doing just because like it led me to, to where I got hurt, but then getting hurt was the greatest thing ever. So yeah, I mean, since like uh, January of like 2021, since I like connected with TJ and the pitching doc, like, then it's like, yeah, everything else is like, what that happened? I don't, I don't remember that. Like, I just tried becoming a machine from that point on. And I'd say I'm doing a good job of it. Yeah, dude, I, I 100% agree. Final, final question of the podcast here. Uh, and this one, this one was a banger. So I'm excited. Um, I'm excited to post this one. Uh, but final question of the podcast, when all this coaching stuff is over, when all the medicine through movement stuff is over, what do you kind of want your legacy to be? Mm. Uh, <laughs> that, that, it makes me laugh because I think of like, so this is what I want to say do you know your great, 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 great grandpa? And it's like, no, I don't like, if you ask that to 99% of people, they're going to say, no, if you like, who's your great, 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 great grandpa, who's your great, 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 great uncle or whatever. No one's, no one remembers that stuff. Right. So I don't really care what my legacy is to, to be honest. I, I mean, the people that I'm connected with right now and who are in my circle in my day-to-day life, like I just want people to think of me now as like, Oh, that dude's a great dude. Like he's always laughing. He's he's positive. Like, Oh, it makes me laugh. Dude's funny, uh, smart, whatever. Like, and, uh, I know, um, Ben kind of talked about that too. Like what is a good person? Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I think people get caught up too much and oh, I don't want to do this or say that because I don't want to offend someone or, or hurt someone's feeling, or I don't want to do this cause I might get laughed at or, or it might be embarrassing it's like, dude, no, no one's going to remember it. Like, uh, the thing that I always tell people, um, like my friends and my girlfriend, it's like, if you fail a test or something, like who cares? And like 20 years from now, you're not going to look back and be like, Oh dude, you got an F on that chem test. Like you suck, dude. Or like, Hey, you're 45 years old. And I'm like, Hey, remember that, uh, non-conference midweek game that you pitched and you gave up 10 runs? Like, dude, no one, no one's going to remember that. Like who cares? So just like, you know, just ride with life. Just, just go with the flow. And, just uh, be happy. Uh, so uh, be happy, be positive, and just be a machine. That's, that's it. Alexander the Great and his servant were both buried in the same dirt, both forgotten. I fucking love that, dude. That was awesome. Thanks for being <laughs> on, dude. <laughs> Absolutely, bro. Thank you guys for listening. Keep chopping wood. Thank you for listening. Join us next week as we dive down another rabbit hole. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a five-star rating. Follow us on Instagram at Austin Yoakum to stay updated on future podcast guests. Keep chopping wood.